Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hey guys, it's Dale Jr. in New York City, and this is the beginning of our day. Our first stop is with Megan Kelly on today's show. And this is uh, Studio 6A, and The Price is Right was in Studio 6A from 1956 to 1963. So, a lot of history here. It's going to be a long day, so follow us along. Come on down, Bill Jr., as said by Rod Roddy, God rest his soul, the former voice of The Price is Right. Kyle, that works, doesn't it? Hey, it's Wednesdays with Dale Jr. here on NASCAR America with a twist. Dale's in New York City promoting this weekend's race in Chicago. We'll be checking in on his trip to the Big Apple throughout the show today. Welcome to NASCAR America, everyone around the Big Oak table here at NBC Charlotte. Marty Snyder, Kyle Petty, and Steve Letarte joining you. So, uh, of course, the NASCAR America, or the NASCAR schedule goes to NBC this week, and we kick off our half of the season. You guys ready to get back to work? Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you, you know what we should have done? Since he was up there at the Price is Right thing. Come up with the best Price is yeah, Right. The, yeah, and I, we're supposed to work Plinko in. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. So I just threw it out there. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, my Bob, Bob Barker was, was Adam Steve Sadler. Sick. Yeah, I got a little cough. Don't mind bring me. Bring it. Bring it. Come on, Dan. I got a three-week old. <laughs> Don't bring it over here. We should have taken Dale Jr. and, and had him eat and rate New York pizza, and then go straight to Chicago and rate oh, Chicago pizza. Two? Yeah, compare the two, since he's been in, in New York all day long. Eat pizza all day today in New York. Eat pizza all day tomorrow in Chicago, and then let's do a special on it, or a, a segment on it this weekend. That's what we should have done. I, listen, I would have joined him. I you could have sold yeah. me for that. How does that cross over to The Price is Right or NASCAR America? I, I, look, I just like Bob Barker. <laughs> I, I just like, I, I love Bob Barker, man. Remember those microphones that have, were real long and they and were they very good. Here and they talked like we should get you one of those. <laughs> we should get Hello, you Marty. one of those, Kyle. <laughs> I got to get the show back on the tracks. Hey, let's get to Chicago, land. And speaking Plinko. of Chicago, Martin Truex Jr. has made that his personal playground over the past two years, going to Victory Lane in both of those races. Of course, that was the first race of the playoffs on Sunday. The defending champ aims for his third straight Chicago win, and of course, he's coming in with a ton of momentum as well off that big win at Sonoma. So let's look at the playoff standings and Steve it seems like every year when the calendar flips to July all of a sudden these playoff standings come into a little more focus and a little more importance for these race teams. Well because it's real I mean it's 10 races until the playoff yeah. grid will be set and, and you know every team starts in February you, Kyle you've done this many years right? this is going to be the year we're going to win a race we're going to be fine and then you get through the 600 and now you're getting ready to go back to Chicago and Daytona and these mm -hmm. tracks for the second time and when that happens I think the panic sets in. You really know how your year is. So then points really start to matter. Points matter a lot. I, I love that graphic. When you throw that graphic up there, there's this much of it is yellow and the rest of it's <laughs> oh, white. Yeah. Th yeah. This much of it is locked in. Remember, let's go back to last year when we had 10 or 12 or 13, and we were talking about, okay, these five or six guys that are fighting for this bubble. Now we've got 15 or 20 people that are going to be fighting for that bubble when you look at it. And it, it, it'll change weekly. I mean, th this is... I, if you're if you're some of these guys back here close, 
Yeah, well, your point. I, I'm telling your you, point. in 10 weeks, you don't have to be. There's some big names. Look, Jimmy Johnson, Huge. 73 points. I mean, a couple DNFs. You know, the point system now with one or two points. Yes. I mean, you can lose 50 points in a weekend really quickly. And and you look at we, – we talk about those guys that are 16, right, right there on the bubble. But what if a Menard wins? What if somebody yeah. wins? Oh, yeah. Boom. You just got to be in the top 30 and win a race. You know what I mean? And, and to, to get to that point. So, I mean, that's – you leapfrog over a lot of people. And we have a record number of drivers who can make it in at this point because there's so few winners. But yeah. there's also those wild card races. You got Daytona coming up. You have Talladega coming up. And I know for you, you're going to be focused on that cut line over the next 10 weeks of the regular season. I mean, it's great to talk about That's the big three, but that cut line's <laughs> where it's all focused right, right now. Right. What what can we say about Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch or Martin Truex that we haven't said, that we haven't just beat in the ground? Their fans love them. Everybody else hates them. Let's, let's forget that. We've got to go focus on somebody else and make that the priority because that's what it is. You look at guys like Eric, Eric, Eric Almarola. You look at some of those guys, Daniel Suarez on the outside. Let's just pick random people that are in that. Any one of those guys at any given time, you said it on the call this morning, people start in Daytona or start the year thinking, okay, I need to make the playoffs. We're talking people now who are starting here halfway through the season, halfway through the regular season, saying, I need to win a race. Forget the playoffs right now. It's about winning races and putting my name back in that winner's column. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of those names out there. I look at Jamie McMurray. So you have Kyle Larson yeah. relatively solidly in the playoffs, even though he doesn't have a win to guarantee it. He's running well enough that I think he can easily score enough points. But his teammate has had probably one of his worst seasons in many, many years. And you look at where he currently is, 21st in points, 79 points out. Now, normally I would look at someone that far back and say, you know what, they don't have a chance. Yeah. But I actually think Jamie McMurray is the type of driver. We talked about how many points Jimmy Johnson can lose. Mm-hmm. I think Jamie McMurray can make up 79 yeah. points. I know that's a lot. you got to average almost eight points more than the guys in front of you for 10 more weeks. But he's a driver. He could win Daytona. Yeah. Talk about pressure at the cut line. The cut line just moved. Yeah. That's like the floor moving out from underneath it. It is. It just moves out. Throw that graph back up. If we can throw that graph back up there, I want to point out a couple of different things. We look at Bubba Wallace there, second at Daytona. He's falling to 24th. But look at Busher. Look at David Reagan. Look at Ryan Newman. Look at A.J. Amendinger. These are guys that are back past 21 or 21st position that in the last two or three years have won races and put themselves in position. So when we start talking about people winning races and leapfrogging and knocking a Jimmy Johnson out or knocking some of these other guys out and saying, hey, I don't care what your year was like points-wise, I'm back here in 26th and I won a, a Pocono or I won a Talladega or I won a Daytona. Um, it's, it's, this is, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I would hate to be 15th or 16th or maybe even 13th at this point in time and not have a race win and knowing these racetracks that we've got to go through, through the grind, through the center part of the country. Well, when season. you and I watch these races coming up, we won't just be watching who's winning. Yeah. That's really the point. You go to Chicago, yeah. say Kevin Harvick, big surprise. Him and Kyle Busch are out there running well. They've proven yeah. they're really fast. I'm going to be back there focused on who's seventh, who's ninth. Where is A.J. Yeah. Allmendinger? What kind of movies is he going to make? What kind of gamble is Ryan Newman going to take? You know, the storylines are going to multiply. It actually, I don't know that sounds silly, but it's easier to cover the playoffs heading to Miami because they go this way, right? right. They dwindle down, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. oh, we're down to four guys. You know, heading to the cut race, they kind of go this way. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. how many different yeah, right. guys could get in?
He mentioned the summer grind, and that's one thing I want to focus on because I'm wondering from a crew chief standpoint, is this the toughest part of the schedule? Because there are no two tracks that you run back-to-back right. -back that are right. exactly the same. This makes it very difficult trying to make that cut line and make it in the playoffs. I mean, July and August will push a crew chief to do television. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But that's a but, great point. I mean, you look at that, and that's the – and, you know, the struggle is these – variety of racetracks are great for the fans yeah they're great for the competitors for the opportunity to make the playoffs but what they do is they rob the current playoff teams at a chance yeah. to get better because when i look up there what do you have for a mile and a half chicago used to be in the playoffs it's yeah. now here kentucky's very oddly shaped i don't sure that helps you for any of the mile and a half tracks mm, that's it that's it. Darlington's a mile and a third. There's right. nowhere up there for you to – if you're trying to you know, catch Kevin Harvick, where are you going to make your stuff better? Watkins Glen? Yeah. Indianapolis? Like, right. you know, how are you going to improve? All those places are so different. So different. And here, here's the thing. You're at that time, and Steve can speak to this better. You're at that time, there's ten races. Okay, we, we're, we're looking at this. This is where we've got to get to get into the playoffs. I know winning puts me in the playoffs. We saw gambling out at uh, out at – Sonoma, yeah. with, with what, what Cole Pern and what some of these guys did. Okay, the opportunity to gamble are at these racetracks. Some of these racetracks out here, there are places where you can roll the dice. To win will be huge. To lose will send you home. Mm. And that's how simple it is. When we go back to, like Steve said, one race, two races can take you out. How much pressure does that put back on a crew chief to make that right call, do I stay out for track right. position with 10 laps to go? Do I come down and take two? Do I take four? What are, there's gonna be, the scenarios are going to be out of control. Well, and I'm a little selfish when I say that I would like to see, and you have to have it by chance, you can't plan it, but yeah. I would love to see a few more yellows in these final stages yeah. because the first half of the year, it's kind of been this shift of a lot of green flag racing, which is fine, that's what happens, but it has not given these teams the opportunity to do something else. And I think that's sure. why we are seeing the same cars win a lot because they're the fastest cars. Yeah. And there's not a yellow to mix the field up or have them potentially make yeah. a mistake. So you mentioned all that variety of racetracks. What makes those racetracks even better is the yellow with 15 to go at Bristol yeah. or the ill-timed caution at Pocono on your strategy. You know, those will really spice it up. Um, point. Because it's hard to have a good strategy to beat the fastest car if you never get a yellow yeah. to try anything different. Well, this weekend, it's Chicago, and of course, Chicago always serves up some great racing, but of course, it's also known for the Blackhawks and the Bears, but in baseball, it's the Cubs or the White Sox. Got to pick the north side or the south side, boys. Which one are you going to pick? But which one do the drivers prefer? It's time for our Chicago quiz. White Sox. Cubs. Cubs. I'm a Yankee fan. How am I supposed to pick either one? Cubs. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, football. Go Brewers. Yeah, you better. <laughs> Elrin. Jake. Who were they? Couldn't tell you the difference. Whatever one John Belushi played. <laughs> uh, Elwood. He's the chunky one, right? Or no, he's the thin one. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know, honestly. What is it? Uh, we got a pack of cigarettes and something. We got 50 miles to go. I forget that phrase. I should know it. Common. Probably not Kanye. Common, for sure. Kanye West. He's kind of a crazy dude. I don't know. What is it? I think I like Kanye more and more these days. I'd say the Bulls. Bulls. I was a Blackhawks fan. So basketball and hockey? This day and age, Blackhawks. Oh. Oh, they're both terrible. Chicago style hot dog. Deep dish pizza. 
Chicago-style hot dog for sure. Chicago dog, because I'm not a deep dish fan. I'm an Italian, so we gotta have that thin crust. Oh, we're having a Chicago dog at Wrigley Field. It's gotta be the Vienna beef. That's the best. I do mustard and pickle. That's all I need. All right, to me, this one's easy. It's deep dish, right? Yeah, I noticed that everybody that was in better <laughs> shape than me chose hot dog, but I'm taking the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what would you take? I'm, I'm going hot dog. I'm See? going hot dog. I'm going hot dog. I'm sorry. Better, shape, better yeah. shape than me. Better yeah. shape than I'm you. I, I, that's a good one. So, hey, we mentioned it's Wednesday, but we're missing one person. Of course, that's Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's still a big part of the show today from New York City. And check out his ride when he got into the uh, car from the airport. And, and so the guy's using collision detection, driving him crazy. I don't think that'd work at Talladega, would it, Kyle? Now, look, collision look. detection. Yeah, it's called a loose wheel. It's called, <laughs> when you get that vibration, that's, that's a loose wheel. You come in. No, it would not work. You know what? All of these prove me that he's driving me around this year because there's no way I'm driving him <laughs> with his phone in his hands or there'll be a picture of me driving out yeah, there on good. the internet. That's good. Good point. Good point. Junior eventually got out of that car and into the city for a bunch of different interviews, including a visit with one of our favorites, the Dan Patrick Show, where he talked about driving in town and on the golf course as well. How would you do as a taxi driver? You know, in I was, New York City. I was just thinking about that. I wouldn't it would be an adjustment, you know, because it seems like that people change lanes here a lot without looking. <laughs> I got a simulator at home and I just like, you know, you guys have in the other studio. I play on that and have a lot of fun, but I'm not gonna go play outside and, and where you know it everybody I've ever played with it aggravated the hell out of them how bad I was so <laughs> I just uh I remember playing with Steve LaTarte one time and he barked at me louder than he ever did when I drove the race car <laughs> he was madder at yeah. you because of golf not yeah. driving I picked up a gimme I, oh. I hit the pin on the second on the second shot on a par four and I missed the shot for birdie and I went to hit it again actually and he was mad that I didn't pick up the gimme he's like that's a gimme don't miss this third fourth shot you know, you had a shot at birdie. He was so mad at me. True story of your first round with Junior? Yeah, that was exactly how it went <laughs> down. And I was trying to help the guy out. Like, yeah. listen, because, you know, it was a gimme for us. Yeah. yeah. But my man, I was like, just pick up the par. Just pick up <laughs> the par. That's not, you know, <laughs> hey, just, just walk away. You know, it's one of those, you're a good race car driver. Pick up the putt. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I am going to say this about taxi drivers. Okay. I, have seen, I, have, I have seen more aggressive moves in New York City from a taxi driver than I ever saw from any cup driver, period. Well, Bar none. You know, I mean, they will make a move in a taxi, yes. in a Prius taxi, on a freaking semi-truck. Oh, okay? Yeah. That's aggression. Yeah. They, well, it's not, it's not even a move. Yeah. It's like a reaction. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, they don't even know they're changing lanes. My space. My space. Yeah. They're, they're like motorcycle riders. They just point and take. <laughs> they just go where they yeah, want to go, right? It. Well, plenty more to come from Dale Earnhardt Jr. from New York City today, including his visit with Megan Kelly. And also, he reflects on his 2005 victory at Chicagoland Speedway and what that win meant to him. You know, Junior's pretty good at NASCAR fantasy as well. We'll tell you how you can match your skills against his and the rest of our NASCAR on NBC team. That's coming up. And in today's installment of Uncomfortable Interviews with Rutledge Wood, he asked some of NASCAR's biggest stars if they like pineapple on their pizza. We'll explain why that is significant today. That's coming up on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Chicago land to me is uh, unlike anything else. Have a great day, boys. We're racing in Chicago. Mile and a half, but it has a lot of character. Here you gotta run 400 great miles. Come on, turn number three. Settle back 
every time you get through three and four, it's like getting uh, punched in the gut. Chicago, you can run anywhere from the apron to the wall. Truex makes it three wide. Come on, you could race around it wherever you wanted to, and it's fast. You can throw in 42. Better feeling than putting it in victory lane. It's unbelievable. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is one of 12 drivers with a cup win at Chicago Land, a track that's been on the schedule since 2001. For the past seven years, it's been the playoff opener. Jr.'s win came in July of 2005, and he spoke with our Nate Ryan about the special meaning of that victory. 2005 was a really tough, difficult, frustrating season for you. Yeah. So just explain to us, you know, why it was so emotional. Winning races is, is, is hard to do and it's really rare. You know, it's just going through those times when you're not successful, not winning races makes you appreciate like what winning feels like and that moment of joy and being in victory lane and celebrating with people and it makes you really long for it and miss it and need it. And, and I don't know that we felt like we were gonna be in a position to have that. You know, we hadn't ran well enough to feel like, you know, we, man, you know, wind's right around the corner. Right. So, you know, man, a lot of us were beaten down, you know, and thinking that this, this, this frustration was just gonna continue you know, throughout the rest of the season. So to sort of steal a win with some good strategy and a, and a fast car when we needed it, that felt, um, that took a lot of pain away, that took a lot of frustration away, that took a lot of, you know, heartache away, heartburn. And that had been the re, I mean, that had been what we expected from the start of the year, was to be able to win races and, and run up front. And so we had to wait a little while for that to happen when we went through some pretty low points so that's why it's emotional i think you know all all the wins i never got to a point in my career to where i won a race and i got out and went yeah eh, you know, that's what i thought <laughs> you know, I expected that to happen right that happened a little bit when we were racing the infinity series and i can see that in some of the old pictures that i look at when i raced in the infinity series in 98 and 99 we got to winning so much and running in the top five so often that wins weren't as surprising or it was more of like yeah, we we own this series. You know, this is our. We're going, we're supposed to win. Why? You know, we're mad we didn't win last week. Right, as expected. Sure was. And once I, I never got there in the Cup Series. It seemed like in the Cup Series I was always you know climbing that mountain to never really got to the top of it. I was always sort of you know climbing that steep mountain to get you know to get a little success here and there. And so when you did win, you know you had all this bottled up, ready to come out, all this happiness, and you've been waiting for this moment, you right. know, to happen, to be able to celebrate. And you'd been wanting this for you, you'd been wanting it for the people around you, and it was finally there. So you would just, unlo you know, yeah. let it out. Yeah. With some great insight there from Nate Ryan and Dale Earnhardt Jr. That's a great topic of, of yeah. well-timed wins in your career as a driver and a crew chief. Steve, I'll start with you. Was there was there one win that stands out where you said, boy, that came just at the right time? Well, I think all the wins stand out, much like Dale said. I appreciated every one of them. But I can't think of a, a win that was needed more than in 2009 when Jeff and I were able to go win at Texas. Um, you know, I was announced as a crew chief in 05. We had instant success, won at Martinsville, won a bunch in 06, 07. And then we went winless 
in 08. Winless with Jeff Gordon is not a good place to be. And you ask yourself, would it ever come again? You know, what was gone? Where did the magic go? And not only was it a win that we needed, but it was a win at a track that he had never won at, a track that really was snake-bitten for Jeff Gordon. So that made it even more special. But I remember that year, I didn't know if one would ever come. Yeah. And it got to the point where work, you know, not that work is supposed to be a blast, but it wasn't fun. Yeah. Like, you went to work thinking, what possibly could go wrong next? So that win, uh, that win definitely meant a lot. And those kinds of wins, certainly more special. Kyle, for you as a driver, now i got to admit, on our pre-show call, you said every win was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> so we're going to run through all of your highlights here. Yeah, all, just put them all, all of your all wins. No, we all are, really. We'll show you all of your wins right here. So it doesn't take long. That was huge. That was huge. No, but, but he, and I think what Dale spoke to as much as anything else, if I listen to it, because is – I've met very few drivers are incredibly insecure, okay? They, they, and I don't know the great drivers are insecure because they are. They're so hungry for that next win, that next to prove that they're good. But they hide it very well. They hide, they hide that insecurity very well. So you don't take it for granted. Even when you get out and you have that look on your face like, yeah, I expected to do this. Inside you're saying, thank God, the streak's alive, man. I still got it going. And that's what you do. That, I mean, that's just who you are. And you know that. When, when you see a driver start to tip over that, that time, it's the crew chief's job. It's the owner's job. It's the people around that driver to say, hey, you can still do this. Let's get back up. Let's get back up and do it. I, I know when, when that last win at Dover, my last win, was, was a huge win for us because we at Sabco had changed sponsors, had changed engine builders, had changed crew chiefs, had changed so much stuff. Nothing was working. Nothing was working. And you thought, okay, we have rode this train and the track has ran out. There, there's nothing left because we weren't competitive very much at all. Um, and to get that win, that was huge. That was a huge relief. Uh, it stopped a couple of years slide. It gave us an opportunity to kind of stabilize. We all disbanded out after that, but at least we went out and said, okay, we won the last year we were here. So that was a big deal. But I, I do believe Dale speaking to the insecurities of as a driver and to hear, hear Dale Jr. speak of those insecurities to say, dang, and to hear you talk about it not being fun. It's a grind. That's from the top of this sport to the bottom of this sport. The pressure of performance. I was told by someone who I remain nameless, but they said, hey, you know, the sports section's fine, and those front six or eight pages are colorful, yeah. but those are stories, and the person flipped it over. You can see all those small details, those box scores? That's what I care about. Yeah. And you were like, well, this isn't like, this isn't like high school football. This <laughs> no, no, is no. pretty serious. Yeah, you know, right. and, and that was the life that everyone in the garage currently lives, yeah. that Kyle lived, that I lived, that Dale lived. Yep. And we wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, no. but it, it's it's uh, measured every Sunday. And yeah. a very interesting thing. There are some big names currently on some losing streaks that yeah. I know they would love to snap. Yeah, and I think they're looking at the next few weeks to be able to try and make that happen. Well, coming up on NASCAR America, we'll discuss NASCAR's up-and-coming racers. His name is Jesse Iwuji. And he's not, when he's not competing on the track, he is serving his nation as an officer in the United States Navy. That's straight ahead on NASCAR America. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard return to star in the next chapter of one of the most exciting movies in history. Don't miss the movie event of the summer. See Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom now playing. Well, today's my home track is Capital Raceway in Maryland. The drag strip hosts racing until mid-November. Located just 12 miles from the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, this is where one member of the midshipmen first climbed behind the wheel to see if he had what it takes to make it in motorsports. And that person is Jesse Iwuji. 
not pictured here, but before he became a driver, he played football as a defensive back for the Navy, and now he's a lieutenant in the Naval Reserves. Iwuji now races in NASCAR's K&M Pro Series, but is also ready to serve his nation at a moment's notice. It is difficult managing the time between, you know, serving and also uh, racing. Some of the race weekends will be on the same weekends that I have drill weekends, and I'll have to move things around. Being in the Navy, uh, it's had its tough moments. When I first, you know, at least once at Naval Academy, they did everything they could to try to break you. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but at the end of the day, you had to just grind through it. I'm not a quitter. I don't like quitting anything, so I was never gonna quit. And for much more on Jesse Awuji and his remarkable story, tune in to NASCAR America Sunday, noon Eastern on NBCSN. Jesse is competing in tomorrow night's ARCA race at Chicagoland, but he's also serving as the track's military ambassador this weekend. I've had a chance to spend some time with him. I'm struck by, number one, how nice he is, but number yeah. two, just how much passion he has for racing. And I, I want to say, guys, the term hero often thrown around a lot, but Jesse Iwuji is truly a hero. Check this out. This is Sunday after the race at Sonoma. He was riding beside this car. He saw a little flame underneath it, asked the family to pull over. When he pulled them over, got them out of the car, their car literally caught on fire. How amazing is that? He literally saved those people's lives, possibly. That, that car absolutely engulfed in flames on the side of the highway on the way back from Sonoma. So Jesse Wuji, certainly a hero. And again, more on him on NASCAR America coming up this Sunday. You don't want to miss it. So coming up, since our NASCAR on NBC broadcast team had so much fun competing against the fans in Fantasy NASCAR, we want to do it again. The NASCAR America Fantasy League is back and we'll have all the details coming up next. During Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s visit to New York City today, he took part in a social media takeover. Uh oh, there's all the faces of Oh, look! Oh, oh wait, Kyle! Oh. You were in New York today. Mini I didn't Kyle. know that. Mini Kyle. He ran into a, a big NASCAR fan, of course, a member of our NBC News team and news family, Brian Williams, who I can verify is a huge NASCAR fan. Loves it. For sure. Loves it. Hey, this day in NASCAR history takes us back to 1999, and for the second straight season, Jeff Gordon won from the pole at Sonoma Raceway. I think Steve Letarte was there. It wasn't easy, but he had to hold off a late charge from Mark Martin over the final three laps. Gordon added a third straight win in 2000 and remains the only driver with consecutive Sonoma victories. Stevie, what do you remember about that day? Your tire I, guy? Or I was a tire you? guy. Yeah, okay. I was a tire guy. I was thankful we were in Sonoma because it was one of the few <laughs> races that in 1999 I didn't have to drive the van to. Yeah. So it was one of those. Oh, yeah. That's, good, that's, point. that's a good point. Good, good point. point. We used to drive around the country. Good Folks point. Texas and East. Yeah. Sonoma. Woo. That was a nice that's commercial good. flight. Kyle Petty, yeah. you had a top 10 that day. Yeah, and I was still <laughs> driving the van to the races in 99 <laughs> uh, and driving the race car. Uh, so that was that, that's right that's after the start of my own team. So, yes. I know you're really excited about this next piece of news. Steve and I are. Uh -oh. I think you are too, but it's back. Our NASCAR on yes. NBC team I will challenge oh, you guys head-to-head -head in NASCAR fantasy. It was so fun for the last 10 weeks. Why not do it again? The new 10-week schedule kicks off this weekend at Chicagoland. Fans can enter their team at NASCAR.com slash NBC Sports Fantasy. You can also share your lineups at NASCAR on NBC by using the hashtag yeah. 
NASCAR America Fantasy. Steve, you helped set this up yes. for NASCAR America way back in January. So this has been a blast to play with you guys. It's it's yeah, mostly just fun for the to record. You, I'll have if to I say. knew Rick Allen was going to win, I wouldn't have set it <laughs> no, up. No, that's exactly because right. we're going to have to that, that much. I'm telling you, it's going to be awful. But the the the, the idea is oh. so much fun because. It gives you the opportunity to kind of razz your coworker. Yeah. It, 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 you come to a new level watching these races, yeah. right? At home, I find myself cheering someone. I'm like, I need one more spot. <laughs> I need some of those stage points. You know, it, it's uh, it's a great time. Here's the funny part for me. I didn't under, I don't understand. I did not understand fantasy races. So I thought the fantasy part was you pick a guy that you really want to win. It's a fantasy that he may never win. So I picked all the wrong people. <laughs> so I ended up last in our fan. And I had a kid. Halfway through the fence, so I dropped like, out. I dropped out a little bit. I'm sorry. I, I got a little bit of an excuse, excuse there. Yeah. But now that I understand, I'm making a full assault on this one. I've got it. I've well, got listen, this one down. it's a great time, right? So you pick a lineup for the fans that don't understand how it works, right? You take, you pick yourself five drivers, put yeah. one in the garage. You could put him in the race by the end of stage two. Yeah. You also get to pick stage winners, race winner, winning manufacturer. There's a lot of involvement, and um, it's great because. It's only ten weeks, yeah. right? So and if you're no driver like, limits in a team, I know, I know. Yeah, that's the best part. That's a good. Kyle point. and I, where our attention perhaps yeah. may not last twenty six <laughs> weeks. No, ten weeks on. fits us perfectly. Listen, for all you fans out there that are playing fantasy league this time, bring it. Don't sing it. I'm coming after you this oh. time. I'm coming. Wow, I'm throwing it down. From Kyle Petty. it down. For way of review, here's yes. how we finished in the first ten week competition. Don't show by mine. the way. Oh no, we, we got to show okay. yours, Kyle. Come on. Oh, oh. I didn't know it went that deep. Yes, I told you. I told you. Two thousand. The I think they had 4,000 players. I was only half bad. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy named Rick Allen did did win. Um, do you want to explain to us your thorough evaluation process in setting a lineup? Because I know you went through a lot of work. To do yeah, I, I really do. So basically, I go alphabetically. So if <laughs> I start with the Bushes first, and then I'll work my way down to, uh, well, Eric Almarola first. I start with those guys. So then I'll work my way to Keselowski and all those guys. So everybody gets to play. Okay. And in my fantasy league, everybody's <laughs> a player. Serious I'm going to be a lot more serious. So, no, last okay. time I just ran. In my defense. Day. I didn't understand the garage thing. I don't understand the garage thing that you just did. I just thought you had to pick like a six guy just no, no, for you fun. You pick a six guy. And, and if you, one of your first five have trouble in the first two stages, you can swap them out. Did not know that. You know how many races in your career you got to a point where you're like, can we start over? Yes. <laughs> second, lap. You get to do. second lap in a lot <laughs> of races. <laughs> but here's the mistake I made. You talk about the no limits. Right. So I'm in the, the fantasy league as well over 26 weeks. And the mistake I made for the first couple is I matched my lineups because I felt like I had the right lineup, but I yeah. forgot that there was no limits. Yeah. So I should have had basically Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex in yeah. all the time. I would have been better off. Yeah. So you're saying you're going to bring it in these 10 weeks is what I'm you're gonna saying. I'm going to say here on NASCAR America today that Rick Allen will not beat me in these next 10 weeks. <laughs> wow, the gauntlet <laughs> laid down by Steve. Oh. Just to be clear. I think yes. for the rest Rick, of us I know you're the, watching. It's gonna be it fun. won't happen. For the rest of us in the league, please make that happen. Oh, I'm telling you. Whatever yeah. you can do to make that happen. Hey, if you want real advice from the best fantasy experts, go to rotoworld.com for their analysis and the best information for your team. I asked our friend Dan Beaver from Roto World to give us some tips for this new competition we're having starting up this weekend and also evaluate our first 10 weeks. The three of us, take a listen. Hi there. This is Dan Beaver from rotoworld.com. I've had a chance over the last couple of days to look at your rosters from the first 10 weeks, and I think I've figured out a couple of things you guys have done right and a few things you've done wrong. First of all, Marty, you get an A. You had Harvick perfect. He was among the top five six times in the 10 race segment. You had him on the roster all six times. Steve, you get a B. You had him five of the six times he was perfect, but you missed twice, 
and that kept you from getting some of the dark horses that you might have been able to pick up that Snyder got. Petty, I think you need to check out Rotor World just a little bit more. <laughs> check out the cheat sheets. They're pretty darn accurate, and that'll give you a starting point for your roster. So come visit me at rotorworld.com. This is Dan Beaver. You still got to see. That's not that. It's almost like, but you know what? I'm, I'm pretty comfortable pretty being an in-school suspension, so I'm, I'm okay with that. I've been that there C before. was a heavy bell yeah. curve. That was, yeah, that was a heavy, heavy bell curve. That was a heavy bell curve. That was curve, very man. nice, great. That was good. Thank you very much, man. That was good. I, I started for Spire. I haven't been graded like that a lot. Yeah. I was starting the principal's office. Yeah, I know, man. I'm so going to check out some Roto World. secrets. Go to Roto World. You'll yeah. be okay, right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm going to be okay, but that's like saying if you study harder, you're going to do better. Never worked for me. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I'm by, trying, I'm trying. I'm by the way, in those first 10 weeks, here's our actual top five. As we mentioned, Rick Allen, 57th overall. Very impressive. Dustin Long led for the longest time. He was crushed when he didn't win. Crushed, Steve, when he did not win this competition. Oh, listen, I called him just to see what went wrong, and I couldn't even get anything. It was just dial tone on the other side. Couldn't yeah. even get a word. As you can see, Dell Jr. wound up finishing fourth. He, too, took it very seriously. Of course, Dell Jr. has been in New York City all day long. Now, I need to explain this next clip because he's a massive Bravo watcher. So when he met a real housewife today, Jr. himself was a little starstruck. Dale, this is Candy. Hey. 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 Pleasure. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes, ma'am. Would you mind if I got a picture with you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I feel like I met you before. Were you yeah. there when she didn't ask? I did. Long years, years ago. ago. You wouldn't remember. I went to one of your events. It okay. was a long time ago. Well, I'll see. <laughs> well, it's an honor to meet you again. That is Candy Burroughs from the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and immediately Kyle Petty knew yeah. who she was because you too, Real Housewives look, fan. Look, was on Watch What Happens Now, but it, it, here's the thing. I know we showed the clip of Dale Jr. winning Chicago. Yeah. This had to rank right up there with that. Okay, <laughs> meeting, oh. meeting Candy has to rank right up there with, with winning Chicago then. You yes. guys both, massive Bravo huge, fans, huge, right? I love the Housewives. It's rare when Dale Jr. says, can I take the selfie, Yes, right? that, that is. doesn't happen that a is. whole lot. Has right? he ever asked you for a selfie? Um, I don't think I ever <laughs> That's not true. Victory Lane a couple times. Okay, Victory Lane. All right, by the way, NBCSN, the home for all of the action this weekend. We kick it off tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern with NASCAR America, then Xfinity Series practice, then qualifying. Look, Saturday's going to be a busy day, boys. For Got somebody. <laughs> for you. <laughs> for you. I'm kidding, man. I'm looking forward to it. Don't miss it Sunday, 12 p.m. The Cup Series takes the stage. Racing from Chicagoland, all on NBCSN this weekend. By the way, did you guys know it's National Pineapple Day? Rutledge Wood decided to ask drivers if they'd ever combine pineapple with their pizza. Their answers in our debate straight ahead. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
ZZ Ward asked Kyle Petty toe tapping over here. Ready to run down a dream, Kyle? Ready, baby. We're doing it this weekend. And Chicago. That's it. Chicago land. Speedway. Can't wait to kick off our half of the season this weekend on NBCSN. Time to make a social pit stop. Look, you know this guy, Kyle. The one on the left or the one on the right? I know oh, both of them. You know both of them. <laughs> I know both you're, of them. You're related to both of them. Uh, Thad Moffat with uh, the grandpa. I think it's National Sunglasses Day for your dad every day, Kyle. Every day, every day. My dad sits at home at 2 o'clock in the morning, watches the Western in his sunglasses. Are you, like, serious? Yeah, I'm serious. He doesn't wear his hat all the time, but he wears his glasses. He does wear time. his glasses yes. all the time. All right, yes. well, so speaking of it being National Sunglasses Day, it's also National Pineapple Day, so leave it to Rutledge Wood to ah. wonder, do drivers like pineapple on their pizzas? Here's the latest uncomfortable interviews with Rutledge Wood. Always something awkward. Hello. I'm about to. Do you know what you're sitting on? No. It's a beehive. Hey, let's make him sit on a horse. I wanted to make sure you were comfortable, so I just gave you a Swedish chair. Just want to get comfy here. My chair doesn't do that. You're not married, right? Uh, I'm not married. You've got to buy one of these while you can, brother. Why do you get the comfy chair and I get this thing? What are you talking way? about? Things aren't as simple as this saddle. A man and some leather. Seven? 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 Yeah. Did you make a specific list for me, or is this just random questions? None of these are random. How do you feel about putting pineapple on a pizza? Love it. Yep. Why do you think that's so polarizing to people? You know, there's a lot of people they, who are they just like freak out about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Pineapple on pizza is is a no go. Not a fan. I, I'm not a pineapple guy. Pineapple, it's not really all that good. I'm, I'm I'm good with it. It's good. Yeah, I like that. Who doesn't love pineapple? Why not put it on a pizza? Who doesn't love pizza? Right. Why not put it together? Yeah. No, I'm not a fan of that. Just no. fruits and pies shouldn't mix like that. Yeah, no, they no tomato sauce and cheese and pineapple. Like, what's wrong with you? There's just no way to make pineapple taste good on pizza. So, mm. No. No. Why? Tell me why. I don't know. It just tastes bad. You know why? I will tell you why. Because pineapples are made to be eaten cold, and pizza's hot. Good. You're it's in. good. Yeah. Isn't it weird that makes some people? It's really polarizing. It's so good. Big fan of it. Big fan. I, you know, I really enjoy Hawaiian-style pizzas. Typically, my meal uh, post-race is a Hawaiian pizza on the plane home. Get out. Yeah. Pepperoni's localized, right? Yeah. It's just an island. But pineapple's like, guys, let's just get like a ring of us. Let's get this. Let's just juice this whole area yeah. up with my goodness. Yeah. Just not a fan. Yeah, I just don't like it. I feel like you've given it a shot. Yeah. I I've given like anchovies a shot on pizza. You have not. Mm-hmm. Wow. You haven't? No. That's terrible. What wouldn't you want on a pizza? Anchovies. All day. Don't need it. Why do they even get, have them? Yeah, get rid of them. How Who many? wants an anchovy on a pizza? I, I like anchovies on pizza, too. I mean, that's like the total opposite. Get out. Yeah, I love anchovies. Legitimately, how many anchovy pizzas do pizza places make a day? Enough to really have anchovies? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't either. No. And how does it not stink up the rest of the oven? That's true. Pineapple's not gonna stink no, up the oven. It's just gonna make it delightful. More thought-provoking things from Rutledge Wood. That was thought-provoking. Yeah. I've like, made my list. I can't oh, work with AJ Allmendinger, Jamie McMurray, Chase Elliott, or Jimmy Johnson because no pineapple yes. pizza for me either. You can't None. be friends with them? No. I can be friends, but I can never work with them. Oh, okay, well, you have to work meal. with me and I ordered you some pineapple pizza, Stevie. Oh, you seriously? wanna have a little piece? No. Oh, come on. I, let me why? say this. Let no. me say this. I why, like pizza. Why would you not I like some pineapple I like, pizza? Huh? I like pizza. Why would I like, you not want love some pineapple pizza. pizza? Pizza is my favorite meal. I'm going to say, <laughs> I love pizza. Pineapple should be in the cocktail that you have when you're having the pizza. Okay? <laughs> okay. Give me a fruit drink. Well, Ryan Blake, it was very clear to me. Cold and hot. Yes. They're two separate. Doesn't work. 
two separate food items. Not yeah. for you, huh? No. I'm actually not, not a me. fan either, but I no, thought I would have Not for me, man. And Thanks. this is just straight pineapple. We should have had some ham on here to at least make it a Hawaiian pizza, right? <laughs> I thought we hit your budget. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I can't afford the that's ham. It. I just got you pineapple pizza, and that's it. No, so, thank you for the pineapple pizza. I'm glad to know where you both stand. Yeah, I'm sorry. No pineapple I'm with you. I was. I started making seven times. I had to cross seven times off my list. No way. That was crushing. National Pineapple Day. These yeah. boys not in. All right. We'll have to ask Dale Jr. if he's in with pineapple on his pizza or not. As we said, he's making a pit stop in New York City on the way to Chicago. More to come from Jr. in the city next. And I promised Kyle we would talk some racing. He said we haven't talked enough racing. We'll talk some racing at Chicagoland next too. What is the perception and the reality for you? I, I what, was, do people perceive you? They, I, you know, there's always studies, right? Yeah. And they think I'm one of the most unapproachable guys you could meet. And it's interesting. And, and I always look at, you know, video that they have of me or pictures are taken. And I look like I'm pissed off all the time. And I get it. And I'm like, man, I probably wouldn't approach him either. But I'm just thinking, I'm in the moment of thinking about this race car. And I'm in the garage. I'm like, you know, thinking, how can we get better now i'm not always cutting up and things like that you know but that's I've, just your I've face i've never been <laughs> <laughs> you're just born with that face man <laughs> gotta gotta cut him a break man. i just <laughs> it's a resting denny face resting you know? denny face I've, I've never been rude to a fan ever i've never turned a fan down for an autograph unless i'm directly going into a race car into my hall or something like that and i'm in a hurry if i ever have time i do it no question about it Check out the Dale Jr. Download this Thursday, 5.30 Eastern on NBCSN. I tell you, the people who I've heard that listen to the show say that was just as insightful as the Kyle Busch show. So you do not want to miss that this weekend. Denny Hamlin with some very insightful things about kind of how he approaches the Cup Series these days. You know what I've learned about Dale Jr.? Now that he doesn't have to race against these guys, the conversations seem to go a whole lot better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works, but yeah, it's funny how that works, yeah. isn't it? Hey, speaking of Dale Jr., his day in New York included a casual conversation with Ryan Blaney. Take a listen. I'm excited to see you around the garage area asking questions yeah. about. I know the race car. That's one of the things that I'm most weirded out about. I was talking to my, uh, Greg Ives the other day yeah. at um, basketball. I was like, so um, I'm going to be at the racetrack this weekend. I'm going to, you know, come up in your trailer. Like, yeah. you, you, you okay with that? You know, I might yeah. come over there and ask you how it's going. Yeah. One of the other things I think that's going to be weird is, like, on Friday mornings or yeah. Saturdays when I'm like, hey, or during the week, if NBC's like, we need you to interview Ryan on Friday morning outside his bus. I'm going to yeah. be like, hey, I got to interview you. So this is what we're going to talk about. And then sitting down and actually doing the interview, you know, yeah. is going to be weird with all these other drivers. That is different. We've never been a part of that. It's always we just sit down as drivers and the other person can yeah. interview. You're you're on the other side. I'm gonna of that. be on the other side. It's gonna be yeah. super weird because yeah. I'm not. I've never. I don't have any interviewing experience. Yeah. Better ask good questions, man. I know. I better ask good questions. I'm not I gonna know. answer any bad questions. Yeah. You Are you gonna call me out for I, being I'm a terrible gonna, interviewer? I'm terrible. It was like the first time you've done this. This is yes. awful. Well, you got a full day full of activities to do around New York. I actually have to go as well, and then we meet up tonight. For Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. So you're getting interviewed, and I'm the bartender. You're the bartender. And you've been on Watch What Happens Live before. So have you. Yeah. You know what? I was always used to being, like, the first to do some of those outside-of-the-box or mainstream shows, and you beat me to the punch with Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. I was 
And I was the one who thought would get there first because I I watch a lot of Bravo. Yeah. Do you watch Bravo a lot? No. no. no so I, I was when I heard you were on that show, I'll be honest, I was jealous. Yeah, I was yes. <laughs> so we're Dale's jealous, man. This is awesome. It was I remember well, I remember you texting me about it when you were thinking about doing it. You're like, hey, how was this watch what happens live? Was it fun? And uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. It's cool we get to go back. I know. And I'll be a bartender. What kind of so. I'm gonna just keep it easy. You you know how to make a margarita? I can find out. Yeah. Hopefully they just have mix and you put a little tequila in there. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just like tequila. In a mix. Ice. Let's not get too crazy. Cal <laughs> <laughs> Petty's favorite show, Watch What Happens Live. It's coming up in a few yes. weeks, by the way. So, but they're going to tape it tonight. Yes, sir. You yeah. want a little inside of what it's like to hang out with Dale Jr. in his basement? That was basically it. <laughs> that's that good. was basically right it. That's yeah, how, that was good. That was so what same jeans, same basement. shirts. That's yeah. you yeah. talk about Bravo shows. Is basically yeah. what, what's you know, happening. If, if I just, I should sit there and just write down the topics that come up or tweet them. Maybe that's yeah, what I, I should do. That's it. That and I'm gonna tell you, yeah. it's it's that's scattered. Of course, Dale Jr. After he tapes, what what watch what happens live. He is gonna go on to Chicago land. We're all excited to get there for this weekend, and it's gonna be a completely different race, Steve, because this has been the first race of the playoffs. In September, it's yeah. now mid-July or early July. It's going to be warm. So we talk a lot about the schedule change, NDB in the cut race, all of those changes. This is the first week that that's really going to make a difference. The track is going to be well over 90 degrees. The track is going to be crazy hot at a track that's already low on grip, KP, yeah. right? So they already used yeah. the whole racetrack, so it's not like there was extra grip yeah. just going around. I think that favors some different drivers. I think Kevin Harvick comes to mind. I know he's yeah. good everywhere, but low yeah. grip racetrack. But I'm thinking Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson's the type of guy that when you get rim riding, have to back the corner up, be very patient on the throttle, he comes to mind as a guy that would suit this style of racing. You know, it, it, it amazes me how quickly these drivers adjust to these racetracks. And this racetrack is a racetrack where at, at, at any time during, during a 12-month period, it may be zero degrees in Chicago and then 115. So you've got a huge temperature swing. So the, the asphalt constantly changes. But you look at a Kyle Larson. You look at a uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., a guy like that who can adjust to running that high line, come back to the bottom, can find some grip where nobody else can, could be a big week for him. And the other interesting thing, completely different schedule for these race teams, so that's going to be something they're going to have to get used to. A two-day show for yeah. the Cup Series with qualifying after the Xfinity Series race. So a lot oh, yeah. to look forward to coming up from Chicago land this weekend. Hey, we want to thank Dale Earnhardt Jr. for letting us tag along in New York City today. We'll see you tomorrow from Chicago land, 5 p.m. Eastern with NASCAR America. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.